Welcome to the Frederick Faith Debate on Frederick's News Radio 930 WFMD. It's brought to us by Putman Plumbing and Heating. How can we make you smile? Visit us online, WFMD.com, keyword faith, where you'll find a Monday through Friday daily updated blog where, for the most part, I'm just posting your emails. So email me, Troy at WFMD.com. What am I reading? I know you care. Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. Maxwell stuff's always pretty good. Always leadership. Uh, yeah, I'll save you some money, by the way. You don't have to read them all. He's written like 60 books. You don't have to read them all. You might want to read three or four to get a kind of a different slant, but he basically says the same thing over and over again. But reading three or four different versions of that same thing over and over again really helps it to sink in. But you don't have to buy all 60. Just buy three or four. Unless you want to invest in the ministry of John Maxwell. Well, yes. In which case you can buy all you want. But if you're going to do that, you might as well invest in Frederick 48. You can do that <laughs> by going right. to frederick48.org. That's right. Uh, the reason that uh, Jonathan's spearheading that is because those meanies like Blaine Young uh, <laughs> cut the funding. Uh, you know, he, 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 he can take it. He's a big boy. He can take it, but you don't really believe that. <laughs> you... The, believe that government shouldn't be doing it. I do. It. I and actually, that, I actually agree that with. We should just do I it actually, separately. Yeah, it's tough love, but I agree. Private. I agree. It, it it forces the churches uh, into a corner to do what they should have been doing all along. Is is my uh, opinion on that. But anyway, the federal, uh, the federal, the uh, the Frederick <laughs> County uh, government, the federal faith debate. I think the, we should change the name of our the, show. The Frederick County uh, uh, commissioners had to you know make budget cuts yeah. uh, to try to meet the economic situation, and and they cut the funding from a lot of the social agencies. That's right, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Frederick Forty Eight is is um, is an attempt to meet that shortfall. Yeah, it's, well, it's just stepping up and saying that at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to take care of those that are hurting in our midst and uh, that we should do everything that we can to, to participate in that. And, uh, you know, I feel like it just makes sense that uh, as an evangelical that I'd be a part of that and that I'd, I'd do my part to help to lead that effort. See, trying to make positive change in the police state that is Frederick City. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Schweitzer <laughs> is senior pastor. You know, I got to tell you, I've been trained by those cameras all over town. I mean, I mean, yeah. nothing has slowed cameras. me down as effectively as uh, Big Brother yeah. watching. Oh, me yeah, on there's those nothing cameras. like living in a police state to be whipped into submission. I'll tell <laughs> you that. It's the case, man. Yeah. I don't ever know where they are until I get the tickets. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and then you know. And then I learn. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah next thing you will have barbed wire with armed guards with rifles on the on the highway <laughs> and if you hit 58 miles an hour you'll get a bullet through the skull or something like that so okay so our anyway Troy friend, Wallace is the uh, uh, director of and he's really happy he's on the show right now <laughs> he's the director of Revive Israel North America we'll be talking about that specifically today I think and right. also assistant congregational leader at El Shaddai congregation what that means is he is the leader of the assistant congregation <laughs> Troy the, has determined that that's for good me. now the, I understand the real congregation real, gets yeah. assisted by this other congregation <laughs> and he leads them. <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> Since we're like in the know. building now? I, I don't know. I did, that was an hour discussion ahead of time. <laughs> that, for those who Today are is the day that our church moves into... His building is that right? Yeah, crossroad today is well. I don't know April twenty second. Is that today? No, that was last, last week. Last week, yeah. so this yeah. is. So I got confused. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Y- you couldn't tell, but 
We taped these shows in advance. All right. Uh, no, you didn't have to say that. Most people would would not have gotten that clue. A few would have, but so you should wait. You should you should hear oh, these dear. shows before they go through post production. We clean up all the mistakes. I mean, yeah, yeah. This is with the mistakes. Yeah, these are a mess. We clean it up and we give you this polished product at the end. So, Lord forgive them for that lie. <laughs> so anyway, we've been talking for several weeks now uh, about Jesus's return. Yeah. yeah, the study of eschatology and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And what we haven't gotten to, which, you know, I knew we'd get there eventually. I wasn't sure how long it would take, but apparently it took three shows. Yes. Before we'd get to knocking on the door of talking about something that would be of particular interest, I think, to the messianic, all right, Jewish community. Yeah. Right? We're talking about the role of Israel, the role of the <laughs> present day Jews in all of this. <laughs> so. And the reality is that back uh, in the time of Constantine, uh, there, uh, there were some uh, laws that he put into the emperor place. Constantine about three hundred years after Jesus, three hundred years after Christ, that that made it uh, illegal to culturally be Jewish and a Christian, and you were no longer allowed to do the two together. And um, but that wasn't from Constantine only; that was also from the rabbinic community. And uh, uh, I think it was in Yavne. Mm-hmm. Particularly where there was a separation of uh, 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 of Jewish uh, communal identity uh, uh, from those who believed in Jesus, and so, so were, they pushed was, it with Constantine that Constantine wouldn't I, allow them to I continue. I don't know to be that, that political connection. Sure. I really don't. Um, hmm. But it might. But be. there was a precursor in the Jewish community of identifying Jesus believe, Jesus followers as no longer Jewish, and there's a sense that. Replacement theology, the idea that the church has replaced Israel as God's people, that replacement theology has resulted in anti-Semitism in the West in ways that it never needed to. Uh, and that it's that it's a uh, it's that, that there's a nuance there that we haven't replaced Israel, but that instead we have joined Israel, uh, true Israel, that is. And so we've been. Uh, my dad calls it addition theology. I don't know what you guys call it, but my dad says addition theology, that it's not that we have replaced Israel, but that some of Israel was broken off and that Gentile branches were grafted were in. grafted in, but that the tree has always been the tree of Abraham and uh, Jesse, uh, the root that grows out of Jesse, that, that is Christ. Christ is the vine. We are the branches. And uh, in and so the way that that plays out is that um, that the Jewish people, the Messianic Jewish people, are kind of the first fruits. Paul said, first for the Jews, then for the Gentiles. And he clarifies in Romans 9, 10, and 11 that many of them have been broken off and have, have lost their place in the kingdom of God because of their lack of faith and because of their, their rebellion, but that God is not done with the Jewish people and that he still has something for them that is unique and significant. And how you, how you uh, parse that particular passage uh, defines where you stand uh, in a lot of theological circles. And uh, and so when we get to talking well, about the role of Israel, where you stand in terms of replacement theology or not, yeah, and uh, and it tends to fall on some pretty significant fault lines um, theologically uh, throughout the body of Christ. I don't know that I could clarify exactly which ones, but it's a pretty big 
fault line. I would agree that it's a big fault line. And so the question is, where do the where do you see as a Messianic Jewish, um, as somebody that goes to a Messianic Jewish congregation and ministers, feels called to minister in that context? Where do you see the the role of the Jewish people in the end times? What is what is the uniqueness of the Jewish people and their role uh, in history? After Christ. Well, see, you have to see that I'm assuming this is where the eschatology comes from, guys. I'm assuming that Jesus is coming back and that he's coming back to set up a kingdom based on the throne of David. And the reason the role of the Jewish people, if you will, and specifically the Jewish religious leadership is to invite Jesus back. Matthew twenty three thirty nine says, blessed I tell he. you, you will no longer see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name Barak, of the Lord. Barak, Habab, Hashem, Ad- yeah. Adonai. Baruch, Habab, Hashem, Adonai. That's right. I said it. Baruch, Habab, Sorry, Hashem, Baruch. Yeah. And you have to clear your throat a couple times. Which is times. what, again, and I, I think I said this uh, on the last show or one of the shows uh, that we did together. Um, uh, the, the common people of Israel were saying that to Jesus in his day. And the religious leaders were not were not. And he said the common people just said it. They said, you should tell them to be quiet. He said, if they don't say it, the rocks would cry out. But I tell you that I'm not coming again until you say it. You guys speaking to the leadership, to the religious religious Jewish leadership of his day. So, again, you can't separate this conversation about Israel from eschatology. It's very, it's, it, they're, they're absolutely woven together. All of which drives you back to the Old Testament and the prophecies of glory to Isaiah, to Jeremiah, all through the Old Testament. And the Messianic Jewish view, at least in the Tikkun circles, is that all of those promises of a physical return to the land, of a physical kingdom that would be set up in the land uh, of Israel and that would then uh, would would kind of echo or flow out to the whole world, that those were never understood or intended to be spiritual in nature. No, no, no. Let me say that differently, that they were never yes. intended to be only spiritual in nature, right. but that they're intended to be not just spiritual, but also physical and um, literal. And, and that's where I, even part of why we were talking about the literal thousand years. You, you have to understand that I'm primarily motivated by my worldview to see things as literal, including my eschatology, including the thousand years. I mean, I, I, I used as a parallel, you know, the, the seven thousand years of human history that's expected in a Jewish worldview before something changes. You yeah. know what I mean? Something fundamental. So. Uh, everything that's dr- driven inside of me sees things as literal, including the promises to Israel. And you and see that land. as literal, you feel like, because the Jewish worldview was that God literally comes and interacts with his people, that when God says that I'm going to bless you, it's not just a spiritual blessing, right. but it's a it's spiritual a blessing one. that flows out it's, to to finances. To to uh, to absolutely. the to the land itself will be yes. more productive. To there being peace with all your enemies on every sure. side, and so everything has a literal well, and, intended fulfillment. Right, and part of the reason that I feel it that feel that way is in Genesis, the creation of Adam. I think it's Genesis two. It's very specific that God didn't breathe the spirit of Adam into spiritness. First, He built him a body, a literal place for the spirit of Adam to dwell. And so, it, again, it, it, 
the, all the repercussions are physical. In other words, if I was built to be a spiritual being exclusively, God would have made me an angel. But instead, he made me a man who's out of the earth, Adam, Adama. Uh, uh, mankind and the earth are explicitly connected, and I don't think that that ever disappears in its entirety. I do believe that it's uh, regenerated uh, or, or recreated, if you will, in the sense that Jesus was after he was resurrected. But, you know, he okay. was he said to the disciples, yeah, he said, I'm I'm not a, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones the way that I do. And so give me some food. I want to prove to you that I'm not only a spiritual entity. I'm going to eat some food that that also that literal approach or that literal expectation also informs my but even my the thoughts on the land of Israel. Even the replacement guys would agree with you, though, as far as that goes. They're expecting sure. a a remade world, an actual physical remade world. Yeah, but world, they don't believe that Christ given... is going to come down, put his feet on Mount Zion, that it's going to split in two and half go to the north and half to the south. You know, um, I don't know where you where you fall out on uh, Ezekiel's temple. Uh, is that going to be a literal temple, or is that going to be... I believe it's literal, yeah. Right, I don't think that they would okay. see that as literal. No, but, so we're but, talking about all these different elements. But we were emphasizing the idea that it's going to be a nat yeah. there's going to be a natural reality Correct. still. You know, everybody who's a Christian, I think, holds to that. It's a question right, of right. where Except you see where that happening. Except where it comes to the time. literal fulfillment of the promises to Israel. In, in, in time and space, in other words, on the planet of the earth, associated with land and covenantal promises. Yeah. Yeah, but the land that's described is about the size of Alaska. Correct. It's gigantic. I agree. So it's not limited to what a, we see a politically. Four mile by four mile city. Right. I agree with you. So that's not literal in that sense. Well, it's not literal. He's saying Troy's saying it is literal. I'm saying it's not literal now. For sure, it's not literal now. But that it will be literal. That Israel will possess that land, and that that will be Israel's inheritance. For all generations, you know, into, you know, eternal, eternity. And, and, in fact, I believe that you guys actually teach that each of the 70 nations will have its own place on the earth that is, that is their, you know, part of the, Absolutely. of the planet to, to rule over as sub-regents of Christ for all eternity. Right. I mean, that's the people who are the kings of the earth that are bringing all the wealth up to Jerusalem. I'm a German, and, and so I guess I'm going to have to go back to Switzerland, and, uh, and I'll be there, perhaps. I don't know how he's going to work out the Actually, justice issue. Some people think the Germans are, uh, uh, are one of the lost ten tribes, so maybe I'll actually be back in Israel. <laughs> Back in the day. Oh, no. Nevertheless. The lost yeah, ten yeah, tribes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, dear. yeah, yeah. Now we're way out there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, uh, and so the point is, is that you, is that... The, the Messianic Jewish orientation towards these things, most, uh, most specifically the Tikkun guys yeah. uh, that you're a part of, uh, believes that the Jewish mentality was way more concrete and that when, when in Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews and Paul spiritualize uh, all the promises, that that's okay but that that the spiritualizing of the promises doesn't do away with doesn't the physical do away part. with the concrete physical promises that are going to be fulfilled one day. Yeah, and Paul's not getting rid of the physical though either. He talks about the importance of having a body. Oh, absolutely. Agree with he's you. not he's not a gnostic. Right, but he's talking. Guy. Yeah, yeah, but but okay. Yes, I agree. 
but, but interpretation the interpretation of the land and the promises that that uh, that Israel will be a nation yeah, see this is where will be at the head of the nations for eternity so what do you, what is what for is eternity? the role of, of Eden in your view what is the role of Eden? How do you how do you talk about Eden in this? Because it's talking about the restoration of Israel, and I have a tendency to think in terms of a restoration of Eden. Yes. Well, uh, I have a great teaching that I would try to get you a DVD copy of if you're interested in, in, in watching it, of the connection of Eden to Jerusalem proper on the face of the earth. God withdraws his presence and sends Adam to the east. He finds a guy in Abraham and immediately sends him west to a place that he will show him. And there's this whole connection of uh, Eden as a spiritual and physical location. The is the priest in in Shalom. Shalom, yeah. Which is Jerusalem. Right, so so there's this whole continuity uh, connected to Eden and Jerusalem. The dew of Mount Hermon coming down on Mount Zion, which is Jerusalem, uh, will be where the Lord commands his blessing. And what does that look like when the dew of Mount Hermon, which is like 20 times the size of Mount Zion, comes down on Mount Zion? It's going to be a paradise. Clearly, the implication is that it will look like a paradise. And so some people, uh, you know, you, you you wouldn't call it, you know, a central doctrine, but they can see that. There's that, a connection there. That there's a connection there that... that so I'm with life. you. I do see so, it as a restoration of so Eden, all of the and planet, in part, I so, see that as... So all of Jerusalem. the planet wasn't paradise-like, just the what we would now call the Middle East, uh, the the eastern shore of the Mediterranean, it would be would have been the paradise-like area? Well, I, I, I don't know how, how I can uh, it, it comment in any way, in an informed way, on the rest of creation. I can only comment on what the scripture tells us about where Adam and Eve was located, which was a garden in the east. I, I mean, I, I have no way of hypothesizing that. Have no, We have no context from the scripture, but I also have just no information. I, okay. I have no idea how to comment on that. Okay. It does uh, give the impression again in Ezekiel with the temple that when the when the river flows out from the the uh, altar from Ezekiel the forty seven, um, it heals the Dead it, Sea and it heals the Dead Sea and it and it it goes out and it heals the desert. You know, it, it brings life everywhere that it goes. That there's a sense that um, even that you know the whole world would would burst forth with its. Um, Okay. Of abundance life. the way that it was supposed to be from the beginning. That's the voice of Jonathan Schweitzer. He's senior pastor of Crossroads Valley Chapel. The other voice you're hearing on today's show, Troy Wallace, director of Revive Israel North America and assistant congregational leader at El Shaddai Congregation. I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Frederick Faith Debate on Frederick's News Radio, 930 WFMD. So if it's if Israel is a, a remaking or a reintroduction of this Eden idea, mm-hmm. Eden is pre-Israel. Yes. So are we returning back to a pre-Israel idea? Why, why, why is there this need for a continuation of Israel when Israel wasn't there at the beginning? Uh, because of the, this is the first Israel, point, because there's promises that God makes to Israel that, that will be an eternal, this is an eternal promise from God that you will be in the land. As long and as he uses that phrase. No, he makes the promises primarily the to Abraham. Abraham was not an Israelite. That comes two generations later. I don't have a problem with that. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just trying to think well, through and understand how. 
There is this thing in the text, though, about Abraham's birthright being ex- explicitly passed to Isaac as sure. opposed to Ishmael. Sure. Now, Absolutely. that doesn't mean that Ishmael doesn't get tons of blessings. If you read the text there, what comes to Ishmael is enormous. Um, but it also, but it's specific to, to Israel, or, or excuse me, to, to Isaac at that point, and then Isaac has, a, has two sons, and it becomes explicit to Jacob in part because of Jacob and Rebekah setting up this uh, crazy scenario. Um, in fact, right. the word Hebrew, Abraham is and called a Israelite. Hebrew, and so it's, so it's to the Hebrews, and it's clear that his lineage is, is Isaac down to the, to the Yeah, to but, the it Jews, doesn't, but it doesn't, just, it doesn't it just end there. It all centers on Christ. We're all going to well, agree on that, here, right? Let's go there. Let's go with... That's why Jonathan was saying that there's 70 nations of the of the earth that also get their land restored to them, if you will. I mean, there's complete geographic justice, if you could say it that way, for all the peoples of the earth, all those who are the seed of Abraham by faith, to use some of the language. In fact, some of the so, tribes that come against Israel as they're coming out of Egypt uh, and attack Israel, they seem to lose their inheritance. They, they, they're told that they will no longer be a people, and they lost their, their inheritance because they rejected the purposes of God, because they fought against the purposes of God, and so then they lost, you know, in, in an eternal sense, there seems to be this, this idea that some of those people had a place that was supposed to be their land, like the Edomites, you know, but then they lost it because they rejected the purposes of God, and that it'll never be restored. And so uh, so those people, I don't know, if you believe that they will be restored uh, as well, but there's some that were told that that they will never be a nation again, right? Because of their rejection the, of the purposes um, of God. Uh, I'm trying to the Amalekites. I think is the one specifically that I'm thinking. Amalekites of. are destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I believe in the restoration of land to indigenous peoples. I mean, I think there's going to be a justice issue on land that's solved in America when Jesus comes back to Jerusalem. I actually believe that. Like with that the the lands will be restored to the native peoples. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that no immigrants can live here? No, I don't think that's what it means at all. I just think that it means that the original owners will be able to participate in that process. So then what do we Likewise, do with the idea? Because those who would not be comfortable with that worldview are going to say, well, doesn't Paul say that now in Christ there is no longer Jew and Gentile. If you're saying there's going to be all these disparate groups still, but well, he also says that there's no that, male and like. female. Yeah. Does yeah. that mean that there are no longer men and women? I mean, we're all believers in Jesus here, but we all have wives, and they're believers in Jesus too. And but I'm really fact, glad that she's that, a woman and not a man. Well, but in, in fact, heaven we won't be given in marriage anymore, so maybe sexual distinctions do dis- disappear. We don't know. Right, but that's in heaven. But what but we're I'm told talking is about heaven restored new, to earth. There's going to be new heavens and a new earth. Yeah, so we're well, talking heaven, about the earth. It's heaven on earth, basically. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that we're not people anymore. No, but th- but we can be people without being. Men or women, necessarily. I mean, I have. This is well, a new Jesus me, was but. resurrected in resurrected flesh. He was still a man, most likely. I mean, we right. don't have proof in the text, but it seems like he was still a man. Yeah, I don't think Thomas did a cup check. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made an interesting, man, uh, interesting plotter in the text. For us to get here. <laughs> but you understand what I'm had saying? To go I mean, there. Uh, 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 just just to just to make the point, uh, Troy, you were talking about the everlasting covenant of the land uh, that was given to. Um, to Abraham, that was reiterated to Joseph, and he says, I'm going to make you fruitful, increase your numbers, make you a community of peoples, and I'll give this land as an everlasting possession 
to your descendants. So that's clearly uh, finding, you know, this specific land that the Israel, the land of Israel, is is clearly uh, passed down from Abraham through to yeah, Moses. But, but again, and those there's people. kind of that heavy light thing we we're talking about before. There's kind of a double thing going on there, right? Okay. There's there's the sense there's a conditional aspect to that because they get booted out of the land. For sure. You know, so you're going to stay here forever unless, and then the unless happens and they get booted out. So there's that part of yeah, it. But even in the unless, but then even there's, in also, the unless, the, there's yeah. also the eternal carry on part. There's a regathering. Yeah. Even in the unless, in fact, when he, he says, says, I'll says, boot you out, he says, I'll bring you back. He says to Israel, and Paul addresses this in Romans 10, I believe it is, that in, unless, uh, unless the Lord had kept the remnant for us, we would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. So God chose that he would never destroy this group of people and that, that these promises would be true to them forever, uh, even though they had been as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah and that they should have been destroyed, but that God had set up a group of people that he wasn't going to destroy, uh, even if they got that bad, because he was going to use them for his purposes and he was going to restore them at some point to the fullness in the land. And that's Romans 9.29, and Paul's quoting yeah. Isaiah, yeah. as a matter of fact. Uh, so there is this, there's this uh, uh, connection to the land that's, that's, that's inseverable in terms of the eternal viewpoint. Certainly is for a time period because there's an imposition. And we can see that in history. I mean, there's always been a remnant of Jewish people that have lived in the land of Israel. There always has been. Even in the time of the Babylonians and the Assyrians, the whole bit, even in the 2,000 years, give or take, from 70 A.D. to 1948, there was always a group of Jewish people that lived in the land of Israel. Now, they weren't sovereign over it, but they lived in it. So even, even, we even see in the course of modern history that there's some element of truth in it, and that's where Paul talks about the remnant. Again, uh, referring to the days of Elijah, etc., and that's all... In uh, in Romans nine, and also he repeats it in Romans eleven about the remnant, right? You know, Troy, I did a study one time between uh, of all the passages that, Romans 11 that where, where God says that this is a forever thing between us. You know, circumcision comes up. There's there's a number of different things. I'm going to see if I can pull up my study on that because I feel like it comes into play in terms of our understanding the word forever in the Old Testament that we let Scripture mm. interpret Scripture. So, All right, another cliffhanger from Jonathan Switzer, senior pastor of Crossroads Valley <laughs> Chapel. And uh, Troy Wallace, thank you again for being on the show. It's like, what, our fourth show now? It's yeah. number four. You haven't, squir- haven't scared him away just yet. Uh, he's the director of Revive Israel North America. Uh, that website again was... ReviveIsrael.org. That's easy enough. Assistant congregational leader at El Shaddai Congregation as well. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Putman Plumbing and Heating. How can we make you smile? Visit online, WFMD.com. Keyword faith brings you right to the Faith Debate page where there's a Monday through Friday daily updated blog. Please email me because my blog is your blog. You can do that by emailing me, Troy, at WFMD.com. Till next week, thanks for listening. God bless. Here at Putman Plumbing, we make a living by servicing our customers' needs, but we make our life by how we service our clients. The Putman Plumbing way combines value, ethics, honest answers, and amazing service because we believe you deserve it. Putman Plumbing, how can we make you smile?